Lisette Arsawaga, today's guest, is the founder of the Alliance for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing, AIM, works to prioritize diverse consumers to achieve business growth and equity in the marketplace. Lisette is also the co-CEO of DMI Consulting. She'll also share insights about her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Lisette, thank you so much for joining me today. It's such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you very, very much. The honor and the privilege is mine. Thank you so much for inviting me. Now, this is an important conversation. I mean, what you're doing uh, is is critically important with the Alliance for Inclusive Multicultural Marketing. Uh, it's, um, I, I think it's it's high time all of us really began to, uh, I guess, to use your your hashtag see all right uh, to to be aware of all the different ways in which members of our community are sometimes uh, left out uh, or feel left out. Tell us a little bit about the origin of AIM. So um, AIM was founded five years ago uh, by myself and my partners, Gilbert Davila, Carlos Santiago, and the ANA, the uh, Association of National Advertisers. And at that point, I think that ANA was coming at it from um, the industry perspective that they wanted to um, prioritize multicultural and inclusive marketing. Um, from my perspective, I have a company, um, DMI Consulting, uh, that is we're now celebrating our 12th year. And for seven years, we'd been working individually with companies, uh, creating their multicultural strategies, putting diversity front and center. And what we learned is that every time there was a new leader, or a new CMO that came on board, if that person did not believe in the prioritization of multicultural and inclusive marketing, they quelched all those efforts all of a sudden. And it was two steps back forward and three steps back. And we realized that we were never going to be able to move the industry and for that matter, our, our members and companies that we were doing work for forward unless the industry was moving forward exponentially faster than it was or in the right direction. Because at that point, um, with total market and, um, and efficiency versus effectiveness, we were actually moving in the wrong direction. So we realized that we needed to create um, a movement, an industry movement that put front and center all segments, not only white non-Hispanics, or not only one segment versus another. Um, and that's when we founded AIM. We founded AIM with 36 member companies um, at that point because we wanted to create something that where there was a buy-in from the industry. We didn't want to come in as three individuals in the ANA saying, okay, this is what we see is wrong, and we're going to dictate the path of how we move forward. We realized that if we came in as an alliance, small as it was at that point, compared to the nearly 200 members that we have now, the likelihood of a buy-in and that FOMO of other companies saying, hey, why are they there and not us, would help us move forward. And thankfully, five years later, we have changed the direction of the industry. We have been able to prioritize multicultural and inclusive marketing to the point that um, today it is an important topic and it is a priority for many, if not most companies out there. It doesn't mean that we're, we've, we've arrived, right? We certainly have a lot more to do. Um, our research shows that 60% of individuals still feel um, invisible or ill-represented when they're multicultural versus white non-Hispanics who are very pleased with the way that they're being represented. And 60% of our population believes that there are stereotypes still happening in our advertising today. So certainly there's a lot more work to do and a lot more ahead, 
but at least we've been able to change the direction and we're moving in, in, the, in the positive direction instead of a negative direction. And I've seen that also with my clients who are saying, okay, you know, we need to do this and we need to um, uh, accelerate the pace by which we do it. So that's great news. You know, recently we watched the uh, Oscars and uh, all of us, I think, got uh, focused on the slap heard around the world. <laughs> and yet I think you saw something else going on at this event. Tell us a little bit about your take on, you know, what what this uh, Oscars meant to you this year. Well, I mean, going into it, um, Interestingly enough, we had done some research from SIM, the Cultural Insights Impact Measure, which is a proprietary algorithm that we created to measure the impact of culture in advertising and programming. And through SIM, we had seen, we, had, we um, tested 33 Oscar-nominated uh, movies, out of which only five of those resonated strongly with five, five or more diverse segments. So going into it, we realized that the majority of these films today are not really resonated with diverse segments, and they're still not really representing um, the, the the world in which we live. Our screens are not re reflective of the streets and the society in which we, li we live, whether it's advertising, whether it's programming, or whether it's film. Uh, thankfully, though, when we went into the Oscars and, and wins started happening, and you had you know wins like uh, you know. Um, uh, representing LGBTQ um, and, and, and Hispanic uh, with, uh, with, with an incredible acceptance speech that, that declared a victory for this segment, right? Saying, I am a Afro-Latina who is gay, and yet here I am standing and America has made my dream come true. Uh, so we saw, you know, uh, we, we did see a lot of uh, the winners uh, as um, multicultural and diverse segments. Unfortunately, the conversations that we're having today and this week are not conversations focused on, we did move the industry forward. Yes, granted, the majority of films did not represent the, the world in which we live, but a lot of the winners did, right? So that was the best Oscar as far as diversity that we've seen uh, until today. And instead of um, saying, we've come a long way and the, and the Academy did a great job in realizing that diversity had to be represented, we're talking about an unfortunate slap um, and, and an unfortunate incident, one black man against another black man, right? Which gives um, some individuals what they believe is the right to um, criticize things. I, as a Hispanic woman, when I see something, uh, a, a, an error or a, a crime committed by a Hispanic person, I think this is going to happen. And then what's going to happen is that it's going to be seen as this is what Hispanics do, right? Whereas white non-Hispanics have the ability to commit a crime and then that, that crime was committed by that person and that, that the whole race is not aligned with, with that act itself. Uh, and we've seen we've seen you know conversations about black men because of the slap. We've seen conversations about you know, but whatever those conversations are, uh, we need to focus on what's important. And actually, we we placed an ad in this um, in this week's Variety magazine that states, "Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the winners. 
Let's talk about diversity. Let's talk about the fact that we took a step forward and we don't want to take three steps back like we've seen it before. This shouldn't be like a check the box and then next year we go back to the same old, same old. This should be a lesson learned that we move forward from this and not backward. And hopefully the conversation starts going back into what's important and we stop talking about a, a, a bad decision by one individual that changed the direction of what we should be talking about today. Yeah, it, you know, it, you make such a great point, Lisette. As you're as you're talking about uh, the Oscars, it's it's very easy for white people like me to generalize from seeing the action of one minority. So, you know, in this case, we're thinking about uh, Will Smith. It's really easy for us to generalize, and it's so important for us to, to make a conscious effort, I think, to see that as one person, the same way we would think about uh, a white guy committing a crime, right? It's mm -hmm. uh, one person did one thing, made one mistake, and we shouldn't generalize from that. Um, how do you teach people to do that? How do you use media and marketing to change ideas, especially for folks like me, you know, middle-aged white guys that uh, aren't used to thinking this way. You know what? It's, it's why we have an effort, even though we are a marketing organization, we have an effort to um, change the way individuals are, are being represented in both advertising and programming. So from an advertising perspective, we've seen um, that, unfortunately, there is not... Um, we are not moving forward the way we should with the right representation of all segments, including black, Hispanic, Asian, LGBTQ, people with disabilities, indigenous populations, white, non-Hispanic, and so on. Um, and I think one of the problems is that the majority of individuals who are writing those scripts aren't people of color, right? So the first thing we need to do is bring into the in, bring to the table those individuals that know these segments, that feel the passion for these segments and know how to write them. We see the same thing when it comes to Hollywood. The, the, these individuals are not being written the way they are. I, as a Hispanic woman, um, when do you see somebody who looks like me, who talks like me um, as a Hispanic woman and, uh, and, and who's a professional executive, right? No, I mean, the majority of the women that you see are Hispanic or are, you know, these sexy bombshells or they are uh, maids or they, you know, we, you have gardeners as far as men, you have, you know, people committing crimes. Uh, and, and when you learn about uh, new, new projects that are going in um, to whether it's uh, television or film, that, that continues till today. That, that, you know, we talk about our, our, the Asian segment and uh, with Asian segments, you find them as, either as geeks or, or musicians or unfortunately, when we've seen in a lot of uh, reports, they don't, have a, they don't have a voice. They might have screen time. So when you see the amount of time that Asians have on screen, which by, is no means enough time, and then you compare that to how many times they have a voice, that's even lower. Right. They're not even speaking on behalf of their of their of who they are, who they stand for. So we need to do a better job at that. And the reason why it's important is because um, what people see on film, whether it's advertising or television or film or or, or or movies, it's 
it's what creates a perception for who those people are, for those who live in areas where they don't know any better, right? If you go to middle America where there may not be a, a big level of diversity and all they see for what a Hispanic woman is, is what they see on television, that's going to be the perception of who they are. If all they see of Hispanic men or black men for that matter is individuals committing crimes, that's what they're going to think of them. So we have a responsibility to change the way we are writing these individuals. We have a responsibility to highlight them in positive ways, to celebrate them, to, to showcase them in ways that can inspire others and make them feel proud of who they are so that our children also can see themselves in a way that they can be proud of who they're going to become and not see themselves in stereotypical ways. And, and that, um, and we saw that in the movie Encanto where the little boy, you know, that went viral, was so excited to see himself. He's like, oh my gosh, that's me. It's sad that that would create such excitement for a little boy because for white little boys and girls, they see that every day. And they don't need to get excited about finally seeing themselves on screen portrayed accurately because they see that every day. And as marketers, we have a responsibility to put our dollars in programs that are actually looking at individuals and, and celebrating them, highlighting them, and doing, doing them justice. And if we start putting our advertising dollars in programs that do that and say to networks and programs that actually demean or stereotype individuals, that we are not going to support those messages, then Hollywood is going to change the way they write us. We have a huge power and huge responsibility to affect change. And shame on us for not having done that sooner. And shame on those who are not going to do it now moving forward. We need to change the direction. We have the power to do that. And and, and it's up to that, us to make it happen. So for AIM, we've done that just that. And in fact, a couple of years ago, we created a spot thanks to the contrib contribution of an agency called Walton Isaacson uh, that featured five incredible celebrities, A-level celebrities, um, that that stated, write us who we are, not as who you want us to be. We are, we are incredible human beings as we are. There are so many stories that you can tell about who we are. You don't have to make them up. The stories that we are living are the stories that you should be telling, not the ones you want to tell about us. And it was a very, very powerful um, campaign that that AIM created under the auspices of our hashtag See All that not only reached the advertising and marketing industry, but for the first time reached Hollywood as well and made the connection between the two. Why Hollywood? Because as marketers, we will affect what you're writing from this point forward. We're, we're, it's not a warning, it's a promise. We will be affecting change. And we will be doing better, but doing justice so that our next generations are proud of who they are based on what they see. And those who don't know us can know who we really are based on what they see and don't make assumptions about who, who we are uh, only because what they've seen on screen. That's such a, such a powerful uh, point that you're making. And it's, it's difficult, I think, for society to sort of catch up to where you want us to be. Uh, but I'm grateful that you're out there doing the work, uh, pushing that forward, because obviously you've been able to measure some progress on that front. Um, you, um, one of the challenges when we think about marketing to uh, diverse groups is that some past practices of marketing to minorities has been rather abusive. Uh, I think of during the Great Recession, uh, there were banks, and I'm not going to name names today, but some big banks set up specific targeted programs going to black churches and otherwise marketing to black people with 
genuinely abusive products, right? They were marketing to them to sell them products that would eventually cost them their homes. And it happened uh, in droves. Uh, and it, it perpetuated a problem that has existed in this country for a long time. How do you protect against that in the work that you're doing? So we protect um, against that in the work, work through AIMS, through, like I mentioned, the Cultural Insights Impact Measure. Um, we have done um, over our 500,000 ad evaluations of, of uh, spots um, for the last two, two years. And what we do is every spot is run uh, by 450 individuals, and we give company scores, individual scores for how that spot did with Black, Hispanic, Asian, LGBTQ, people with disabilities. And then in the, in, in the total group, we also have indigenous populations and others counted. Um, and it's the first time that there is a, a, an industry metric that can tell marketers how well they're doing with each segment. And the reason this is important is when we founded AIM, um, five years ago, we shortly thereafter, we did a, a survey of marketers. And even though the majority of marketers believed that they were effectively reaching diverse segments, only 16% of those actually had efforts targeting these groups. It was the, under the auspices of total market where they felt, felt if you do some casting and have some representation, it, you know, you got, you got your, your spot done and you're going to um, reach everybody. And what we learned is that wasn't working. Uh, so marketers now have the ability to know if they're being offensive to a to to an to an individual segment, if they're resonating culturally with an individual segment, and if they are um, if if they um, they will be recommended by these groups. What we learned is that culture alone has is responsible for forty percent of a campaign success. So if culture is embedded in a way that you're able to connect with these given consumers, then you've already achieved 40% of that campaign, campaign success. Uh, and then obviously there are other, other metrics that are involved in that, but culture alone is 40%. So just putting individuals in and thinking, you got a white face, you got a brown face, you got a black face, you're done, is just not gonna get you there. Um, so uh, when, when, when we've learned that when culture has gotten right, it can increase uh, purchase intent by 280%, Brand perception by 380%, uh, likability 160%, and 270% higher likelihood that individuals will, will recommend the brand. And so this is also really important because for a long time, we would hear from advertiser that would say, well, we want to do a spot that targets black and put that in the general market, but we don't want to alienate other segments especially the white non-Hispanic segment. So, you know, we just don't feel comfortable doing that. So now marketers have the ability to test before they go to market, know who they're resonating with. If they're getting it wrong, then they can do something about it before it goes out there. And, um, and they can uh, solve the issues uh, instead of having a public, a public affairs or public relations nightmare like they did with Dove, with a woman who took off the shirt when she was dirty and she had the brown shirt and all of a sudden she became white, like the Pepsi Kendall Jenner ad. I mean, these, these were huge faux pas that should have never gotten on the air. Uh, and, and these are relatively recent. Uh, I mean, you have um, stereotypical representations of, of individuals uh, that, are, that are offensive um, in an, a, every single day. And marketers now have the ability to not, not get it wrong and not go there anymore uh, because it's a lot easier to get it right from the first, for the first point than have to fix it 
and um, have to bring bad back consumers that swore that they would never uh, purchase a product from you again. Uh-huh. Well, Lisette, you have done incredibly important work. You've accomplished a lot. Uh, it, it's really remarkable. Uh, and uh, I wonder, how would you describe your superpower? You know what? Um, I would say that my superpower um, is empathy first. And, f- you know, what, I would say it's two things, but those two things have to be combined. Um, it's determination, making the impossible possible. It's about progress, not about perfection. And you mentioned progress before. And I think that so many people sometimes are scared of not getting it right that they don't move forward. So it's about progress, not uh, perfection. And I think that that determination um, gets you one step further every day. But it's also about empathy. Um, And it's it's putting yourself in the shoes of another person. And that's uh, why at AIM, we represent the interests of all of these segments that I mentioned to you before, uh, I, as a Hispanic woman, could be working uh, towards the benefit of Latinos alone, right? But I've chosen to work towards the benefit of all and all all segments that are underrepresented because I understand that we share a lot of the same challenges right now. Whether it's in marketing, whether it's in t- entertainment, we share a lot. So why not come together and um, and work towards a common good? Uh, and and that empathy has to be present because you have to. Get, get yourself out of your own, your own place, out of your own shoes, and be able to see the world from a different perspective and realize that, yes, I, um, there are challenges that are affecting the segment that I represent as a Hispanic woman, but there are also many challenges that are as important that are affecting other segments that we have to work together on, and we're going to get there faster if we do it together rather than in silo and each one working on our own. I think that, I mean, going back to the Oscars, when you know when the entertainment industry and for that matter the marketing industry many times talk about diversity especially now they talk about black and white uh and we've seen too many times where they prioritize one segment now you know uh uh for the last couple of years it's been the black segment represented and unfortunately what we've seen is that the representation of other segments has been minimized or in, invisible uh we saw that at the um in the sim testing that we did for uh the super bowl this year and the ads that were rep- that played during the Super Bowl, um, the scores, the sim scores went down from the from last year and went down even more so from the year before. So we're not getting it right. Uh, and those those um, sim scores were actually double. Uh, their numbers were double low. Uh, that doesn't sound so good, but went down double digits uh, uh, for all segments uh, except black and white. So. It's not about saying, oh, you know what? I got I got a black man, I got a white woman, we're good. No, this country and this world is comprised of very many different people. Uh, and those individuals and those different segments have to be represented. And by the way, um, a lot of individuals, like we saw with the um, acceptance speech of, a, of an Afro-Latina who's gay, is not only about one thing, it's about many things. And we have to celebrate that as we come together and we become more than just one thing. Uh, I am a Hispanic woman who's an ally to the LGBTQ segment and every other human being who's out there. At the end of the day, we are all human. And that's, you know, we, we just created a campaign centered on that. We are all human. Let's find the commonalities uh, at a time where, where we're in a country that has been more divided than ever before. It's time to find commonalities and stop focusing on the differences. Yeah. As you think about your determination and empathy, uh, can you think of a specific case when you used those skills 
to solve a specific problem? Uh, well, actually, this week, uh, when we saw that the conversation was centered around um, the slap and not um, centered around the diversity and the highlight in, in, of diversity and um, and consideration of what that meant, right? Because by not talking about it, it means that we don't give the individuals the opportunity to process how that was different from any other year. So, uh, so uh, uh, day before yesterday, within 24 hours, uh, we had a conversation internally and said, what if we put a message um, and send a message that let's switch the conversation around. And uh, the AIM team got together. We, uh, we called Publicis, uh, who's one of our AIM members and a great partner, and said to them, can you, can you find us a, a spot um, so we can do a one-page ad in, uh, in that Variety magazine. Variety was did an amazing thing for us. They gave us an incredibly discounted rate so that we could do that. And we focused um, and we sent a message saying, you know, let's focus on what's important. Let's talk about this. Uh, and, um, and hopefully that's a message that was read loud and clear by the entertainment industry and by, by those that support it so that we start figuring out what's important. Uh, and so, from the idea of what we talked about to the ad to, to the ad being submitted, it was less than 24 hours, to the ad coming out and being in, in Variety magazine, it was less than 48 hours. So again, what wow. the first thing we got is, okay, that's not going to happen. That's impossible. We haven't even written it. We haven't designed it. And we said, okay, we have to make it happen because if we wait another week, then we're going to lose the opportunity to shift the conversation. God only knows what we'll be talking about by next week, right? So we have to we have to place that now. This is a time to make that happen. So I think that you know, making sure that you don't say it's I can't do that. I can't do that in 24 hours. You know what? Anything is possible. And thankfully, uh, with nearly 200 members that, and you know at AIM who are as passionate about um, the prioritization of diversity as I am. We make those things happen. And that's what happens when you're not working in a silo. Had I done it by myself and said, okay, I'm going to try to figure out how to do it, it would have never happened. It happened because the village came together and the village believed that the conversation had to shift. Yeah. One of the most critical things that, you know, white middle-aged guys like me have to learn is empathy at a deeper level than we have done it before. Uh, we just weren't raised with that, generally speaking. Of course, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, we weren't raised with that muscle really developed. Um, how would you coach us to develop and strengthen that muscle like you've done? You know what? It's, it's very difficult because as a society from a very, you know, when, when boys are little, they're taught to not necessarily be, you know, like foster that, that, that quality of empathy, right? It's about, think about yourself and your drive. What are you going to be reach, you know, um, and, um, who are you going to be? And, and women, I think more so than men are, are taught to, to have empathy because of, you know, they're going to have children and they have to take care of them. It's that, you know, uh, and then, you know, as, as people who are diverse, you confront things that, um, whether it's yourself or because you you connect with those that are like you that are that are going through challenges, uh, it it forces you to to develop that quality from a very young age. So um, I'm not one to say you can't teach old, um, old dog new tricks. I actually believe that that is possible, um, and I think that you know 
education is number one. It's it's priority. It's it's reading about the the circumstances that other people face, not from a judgmental position when you're looking at it, but understanding what that means and placing yourself in a different situation. Uh, you know, with with um, with DMI Consulting, my company one of the first things we do with every single company with which we work is that education uh, because we understand that individuals are going to continue to work the way they work and think the way they do unless they they learn differently uh, and i think that uh, the majority of steps that are taken that are not uh, the smartest steps in the world are based on ignorance and the best way to combat that is through teaching people to think differently uh, and and that's what we do so um, i would say Believe that you're able to change, no matter how old you are, what race you are, what you know, what religion you are. Um, believe that the possible, the, the impossible is possible, and that um, and that you are able to see people from a from an understanding perspective, and for, to understand is to learn, and it's going to make you a much um, better person as as a consequence, as a result. Oh, that's a, a great and powerful message, and I really appreciate you sharing that, Lizette. Thank you so much. Well, I'm grateful that you take the time to be with us today and really appreciate you and the great work that you're doing. Before you go, would you take a minute and tell people how they can learn more about AIM and SIM and how they can connect with you personally? Sure thing. Uh, so uh, our website is www.anaaim.com. Dot, uh, net. So it's A-N-A-I-A-I-M-M, A-N-A-A-I-M-M dot net. Uh, so we have all of the information that folks want to learn uh, on on the site for SIM as well. Uh, and you, you can find me on LinkedIn, Lisette Arswaga. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to connect via LinkedIn uh, and happy to include and welcome as many uh, companies and entities as possible to aim into our alliance because that's where the power is, right? The more, the merrier, and we'll get that much more accomplished. And uh, happy to welcome them to 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 our our family because that's how we work when it comes to aim. We work as a family, we work as a team, uh, and uh, and we are passionate to affect change. So if you're a passionate and looking to affect change. Uh, I think AIM is a place to make that happen. Fantastic. Again, Lisette, thank you so much for being with us today. We wish you every success in continuing and succeeding at the great work that you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for all the incredible work that you do and for highlighting the work of people like me. I, I can't tell you how much it means to be able to share our passion and our voice and having a platform to do so only happens with people like you who believe that they that there are stories out there that need to be shared. Exactly what we talked about before. Don't make up the stories. Just listen to what's happening. There's plenty of stories to write about people like me. Oh, fantastic. Thank you for making that point. And, and we wish you every success going forward. Thank you. Thank you again. Have a great day. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. 
Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.